different as far as the song goes. We're going to sing one of our songs out of our red uh, folder, uh, number one. I'm going, to put the, I'm going to put the words up here in a minute on top of the computer. We hope you'll be able to see that. Let's open up a word of prayer. We'll sing that song and we'll get into our uh, service here as we come along. So, Father, we do uh, come to your throne today. Thank you once again. We can meet uh, virtually. Help us, Father, to uh, honor and glorify your name as we meet together. Pray, Lord, for those that are not able to be on Facebook Live. I pray that you bless them as they're... Uh, away from us uh, as far as collectively to pray that you bless um, their efforts as they stay at home. They may uh, even get into the Word themselves and uh, re- do some reading or studying your Word. We pray that you bless the day. Lord, we do think of those that are uh, uh, fighting this uh, coronavirus. Pray for those that uh, are in the, the hospitals who have the virus. They would heal quickly. Pray for the doctors and nurses who are caring to them, with them and give them wisdom to know what to do. We uh, I pray for our frontline workers uh, here in Zambia as well as, well as around the world who are putting themselves in harm's way. We pray that you would just bless them and keep them safe. We uh, pray for the scientists, the doctors who are working on a vaccine or some kind of medication that would help. We pray that you give them wisdom. It may uh, be able to uh, find something quick as possible. Just bless, Father, as we uh, go into the service uh, today, for we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to sing a song here. We're going to be in, in Genesis chapter 23 today. If you want to turn your Bibles to Genesis 23. So we're going to do some, try something different. We'll see how it works. So if you'll uh, give me a second here. I don't know what you can see, but we're going to sing this song so we can get it going. That's not, that's not the right song. That's not good. Wrong song. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt amongst men. Glory. 
jumping back and forth. My video is still jumping back and forth, but I'm not going to stop it. Hopefully it's not doing that with you guys. I know Rebecca said she can't see a video. Other people are being able to see it, so I don't know what to tell you, Rebecca, other than when we're finished, I'll put it on Facebook. You can watch it later as far as that goes. But today, if you would, if you would turn with me in the book of Genesis chapter 23. We started several weeks ago um, looking at a, uh, a series of uh, faith, looking at, at the faith of Abraham. And, you know, I, I, I'm always amazed at how God uses uh, messages in churches. I've seen it, uh, I see it today in this message. I've seen it uh, down through the years in other messages that my pastors preach or other people has, have preached uh, I started this, like I say, it's been several weeks. We took a few weeks off for some other things going on. And then it came down on this message today. The title is uh, Faith in a Dark Place, speaking about faith during death. And as uh, all of us know, we had a death in our church this last week. Brother Chalufia went to be with the Lord this week, and I was able to preach his funeral. Um, and today we're looking at another funeral uh, of uh, of Sarah in this chapter in, in the faith of Abraham and Sarah. And it seems that God always works things out to where a message comes to uh, a people or to a church uh, just in a time that is needed. So today we're going to get, again look at this chapter. We'll see, read a few verses as we go through it. We'll not read the whole chapter at one time. We'll read them as we go through, but uh, today uh, in this uh, series of faith, looking at a, another dark place in the life of Abraham and the life of Sarah, but the Bible says uh, Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 1, Solomon said, a good name is better than precious ointment in a day of death and a day of one's birth. Now the point here was not that it's better to die than it is to be born. The point of uh, this, uh, what Solomon wrote is that, uh, that we are given a name at birth and our name is like a fragrant, it's like a sweet smell to God. And we should keep that name and keep our reputation until we die. At birth, 
No one knew what, would, uh, what we would make of our, our lives or of our name. But at death, our name is either sweet in the nostrils, sweet smell to God, or it's a foul odor to God, one of the two. Now, if you just consider some names in history that we're all familiar with, that were names that the, the name just tells us the life of this person. Names such as Judas Iscariot. No one names their son Judas because of the connotation of what his life meant. Uh, Pontius Pilate, uh, that's biblical names. Adolf Hitler, uh, Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong. These are all names we, we know of, we heard because of history. Uh, these names were given at birth and they were filled with hope and promise. But the end of these men's lives I mentioned here, it just leaves a bad connotation in our mind, bad name. Now, we're talking here about the testimony of our lives today. When a person with a good name dies, the day of death is better than the day of birth. And people can rejoice over that person's life and testimony that they had. Well, now, we're looking here at uh, the life of Abraham and the life of Sarah. And now we're coming to the end of their lives. And we have learned from them how to live by faith. And we're going to see today how we should die, either in faith or we could face this subject of death today. Uh, and we're going to look here at the death of a, what the Bible calls a princess. That's what Sarah means. God gave her that name, uh, called her a princess. She had been a good wife to Abraham. No, by, by no means she was perfect. Uh, she wasn't perfect. Like none, none of us are perfect. But she had been a good wife to Abraham, a good mother to Isaac. Uh, she's included in God's Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11. Peter named her as a good example for Christian wives to let the follow and live by. And Paul used her to illustrate the grace of God in a believer's life. So we're looking here today at faith in the midst of darkness, in a dark place. We've all been to funerals. We don't like them. Uh, whether it's a, a funeral of a, of a loved one, it's a funeral of a friend we've had uh, down through the through the the years, and it's a it's a time of mourning, but it also can be a time of rejoicing, particularly if that person we are saying goodbye to has had a good reputation in his Christian life. Now, the person may have not been that way all of his life, but when the person comes to know Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, then people can see a difference in their life. So at the end of that life, we can celebrate the life that person lived and the testimony that person had. And we're going to kind of do that today in, in today's message. So faith in a dark place, that is faith in the midst of death. I just want to point out uh, four things this morning concerning uh, this uh, 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 lesson on faith. And the first thing is when someone dies, it's a time of tears. There's a time of weeping. In Genesis 23, the first two verses, says that Sarah was 107 and 20 years old, 127 years old. 
Those were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died in Kirjath Arba, the same as Hebron in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Weeping. God made us with the ability to weep. That's part of the emotion that we are. We can be so filled with emotions, whether it's the emotion of sorrow or even the emotion of joy, that we cannot keep it in, and it comes out as tears. We cry over death. We cry when we're, when we're happy sometimes. Grieving is one of God's gifts to help us heal the broken heart when people have when they take their loved one to the cemetery and bury them in death. God has given that as a gift to help us to heal. You know, uh, when, you're, when you're dealing with the people who've lost a loved one, and we've seen it even uh, from time to time at, at, uh, here in Zambia, when someone loses a loved one and they're weeping, we've heard people tell them, you don't cry. Uh, don't weep over a loved one. And that's not good counsel. That's not what we should do. God made us this way. God made us to, to, to weep when we're sorrowful and to weep when we're joyful. But today, we're just looking at the topic of death. We're going to weep. I went to the funeral uh, the other day and we buried Chalufia and his wife wasn't able to come because she had broken her leg, but uh, some of the children were there. Uh, a couple, I know the, a couple of daughters were there. And when the time come to put the coffin in the ground, as we've all seen from time to time, we go to the cemetery, there's weeping. Uh, people don't like it when they see that body going down and that dirt going on top of the coffin. We don't like that. And we're weeping. We're, and they, they did that yesterday at the funeral. And that's normal and natural to do. I remember when we first came to Zambia, uh, uh, we had a lady work for us named Eunice, and she had some, some children. And her oldest daughter was named Petronella. And Petronella had a, a baby, and, uh, you know, most, uh, most babies in Zambia are kind of afraid of mazungus. Uh, when you come to them, they start crying. That's kind of normal, natural, I guess. But uh, her son uh, got used to us, and he wouldn't do that. And they would walk to our house on Sunday mornings and, and ride with us going to church out in the uh, bush area outside of town. So one morning they were coming to our, uh, to our gate to come uh, to, with us to go to church, and uh, the mother was there, and Eunice was there, and uh, that's the mother, and Petronella and uh, Eunice's husband, uh, the stepfather, they were coming to our house, and uh, he brought the baby in his arms up to, the, to our back door, and the baby had died. And uh, Petronella didn't know this yet, so Eunice went and told her, and she started weeping. And Eunice told her, told her to stop, quit crying. And Marcia told her, don't tell her that, that's her, that's her baby. She needs to have time to cry. It's normal, natural to do these things. And we're going to weep. Now, here it says that Abraham wept for his wife. This is the first mention of tears in the Bible. And it, these tears in our lives are not going to stop until God wipes them away one day in heaven when tears are going to be no more. We live this life, we're going to cry from time to time. It's, it's natural, it's normal for us to do that. Now, Old Testament believers knew very little about the afterlife compared to what we know. We have the completed Word of God today. 
We understand about the afterlife and life after death and the death of a believer going to be with, with, with in heaven with God, the Bible tells us. Old Testament believers did not have this, have this revelation that we have today. They didn't know what really might happen to them after life. But they had a, a glimpse from time to time. And one of the glimpses in the afterlife was what David wrote in Psalm 73 when he said this, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. So they had a little bit of concept of what's going to happen in the afterlife. Now Abraham loved his wife. They had traveled in life together for many, many years. She was 127 years, the Bible says. Uh, when they left Ur of the Chaldees, she was 65. She got, they got married before that time. So they had been married for many, many years. They traveled in life together many, many years. And her death was a very painful experience for Abraham. And he showed his love to her by when he grieved over the death of a loved one, like all of us do. So in times of grieving, in times of deep sorrow, in times of death, there's going to be time for tears. They're needed. Secondly, there's a time of a testimony. In chapter 23, verses 3 through 6, And Abraham stood up from before his dead and spake unto the sons of Heth, saying, I'm a stranger and a sojourner with you. Give me a portion, uh, a possession of a burying place with, with you, that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the children of Heth answered Abraham, saying unto him, Hear us, my Lord, thou art a mighty prince among us. In the choice of our sepulchres bury thy dead. None of us shall withhold uh, from uh, uh, thee his sepulchre, but that thou may bury uh, thy dead. So a time of a testimony. He went to the people that lived there before he got there, the Canaanites. And he said, give me a place to bury my dead. And he said, you are a mighty prince among us. And Sarah, her name means princess. So you have a prince and a princess among them. So he had a great testimony. No doubt Sarah had a great testimony. Now we cannot mourn over a death forever. There comes a time we must accept what happened. We must go on, we must heal and move on in our lives because our loved one is no longer here. Abraham requested a place to bury his wife, Sarah. Keep in mind that although he had been given this land by God, he had no possessions in his land yet. It was still in the hand of the heathen, the unbelievers that were there before he came. It's still in their hands. So it was request from them to a place to bury the dead. And the men said, take one of our sepulchers. You can bury your wife in one of our places. We'll get that a little later on. But they called Abraham this mighty prince. He had a very good testimony among them. They respected him. Now, we are reminded here of the importance of maintaining a good testimony before a lost world. Remember what Solomon said? It's better to die than it is to be born. Why? Because we have that testimony of our life. And we all know people that's lost their testimony. I'm talking about believers. 
every once in a while, I'll hear of a well-respected man of God, a well-respected pastor that's been pastoring many, 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 many years. Now they're kind of the end of their ministry and things start coming out, bad things that happen during their ministry. And because of that, the bad things they've done outweigh the good things they've done. At the end of their life, their testimony is, is ruined. We're to keep a good testimony as a believer. Solomon, again, said it like this in the book of Ecclesiastes. I love this verse. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number one, he said, dead flies cause the ointment of the apocryphary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly to him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. So Solomon said, dead flies in the ointment are those who make perfumes. That's what he's talking about. They cause the ointment to stink. And so is it a little folly to them who have a good reputation. We need to keep our reputation as believers. How do we do that? Live for the Lord. Don't do what we know the flesh wants us to do. Don't give in to temptation. Keep that testimony. Abraham, again, was not a perfect man by no means. Sarah was not a perfect lady by no means. They had mistakes. They sinned in their lives. But they were quick to get right with God when they did so. They kept that reputation up among the people they lived in. Now, these men that Abraham went to, they were not believers. They worshipped false gods. They were idol worshippers. They were uh, pagans, you could say. They did not worship the God of Abraham, but they respected Abraham, and they respected his faith because Abraham lived the life, a good testimony among them. They could look at him and see, well, this, this man lives a good life. And even maybe some of them may have took that life that Abraham lived, and maybe some of them may have become believers. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say it. But they offered him the choice of their tombs. Take one of the choicest tomb of ours. You can have it. So, good testimony. Number three, facing these death situations in our lives, it's also a time of strength. We can have strength knowing the Bible says that that loved one is in heaven, I, I, I preach Sophia's funeral. I do it all the time. When particular, I, I preach funerals here of believers. I preach funerals here of non-believers, and they're two different settings. When I know someone that's a believer, that's had a good testimony, uh, it's easier to preach at funeral, telling the loved ones that this loved one who's gone, he's in heaven. Why? Not because of his good works. None of us are good. He's in heaven because of the testimony. He had faith in Jesus Christ. He lived his life in a testimony. So it's a time of even a time of strength. Let's go on here in our story, verses 7 down through verse 16. The Bible says in Genesis 23, verse 7, Abraham stood up, bowed himself to the people of the land, even to the children of Heth, and he communed with them saying, if it be in your mind that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat for me to Ephron, the son of Zahor, that he may give me the cave of Machpelia, 
which he hath, which is uh, at the end of his field, for much, uh, so for uh, as much money as it is worth, and he shall give it me for a possession of a burying place among you. And Ephraim dwelt among the children of Heth, and Ephraim was a Hittite answering, uh, the Hittite answered Abraham in the audience of the children of Heth, even of all that went in at the gate of his city, saying, Nay, my Lord, hear me. The field I give thee, and the cave that is therein, I give it thee. In the presence of the sons of my people give I it thee, bury thy dead. And Abraham bowed down to himself before the people of, of the land. And he spake unto Ephron uh, in the, the audience of the people of the land, saying, But if thou wilt give it, I pray thee, hear me, I will give the, the money for the field, take of it, and I will bury my dead there. And Ephron answered Abraham, saying unto him, My Lord, hearken unto me, the land is worth 400 shekels of silver. What is that between me and thee? Bury therefore thy dead. And Abraham uh, hearkened unto Ephron. And Abraham weighed to Ephron the silver which he had named in the audience of the sons of Heth, 400 shekels, shekels of silver, current money with the merchants. Now, what was going on here was a kind of a negotiation. And we see here the strength that Abraham had in his time of grief. He requested a cave in a certain place. Now, that this cave was going to serve Abraham's purposes better than their own sepulcher. So I want a, I want a cave that I can have a burying place for my people. Not one of your your cave, not one of your sepulchers. I want my own place to bury the dead out of my sight. However, the place he mentioned was owned by a man named Ephron. Abraham allowed him to set the price. And he set a price, 400 shekels. Now, when you read commentators, this was way more money than this place was worth. He took advantage of Abraham's time of grief. He would not only sell him the cave, but he also sold him the field. He sold him really more than he wanted. There was an opportunity for Ephron to make a profit at the expense of Abraham's grief. There's many Ephrons today who seek to benefit at other people's misery. You see them at the cemetery selling flowers. They sell flowers way more than you can buy them yourself somewhere else. You see them at the place you go to get the body. I've been at the, at the mortuary um, in uh, Indola and even in Luantia, and they sell coffins right there. Guarantee they're, more, they're higher there than they would if you'd have bought them some other place. There's people that take advantage of other people's misery. When, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's here or whether it's in America. When someone dies and people aren't expecting that death, you have to make arrangements quickly. You go talk to whoever you have to go to uh, to arrange the funeral and pay the price to do it. Oftentimes the price is elevated because you have to get this done. There's no time to go shop around any place else's. Just took advantage of Abraham. But Abraham just weighed the money out. 
paid him for it. He didn't make a big scene over it. He wanted to make peace with the people he lived among. He did this because he weighed out his silver, paid them the price they asked. God gave him strength to do it. God gives us strength in times of need. And oftentimes at funerals when loved ones are gone, if it's a mother or a father or a, a brother or what, whoever it may be, maybe a son or a daughter, there's a time we have to have strength to get through what we're going through. God will be able to grant us the strength to get through these things. And last of all, in verses 17 through 20, it's a time of faith. In verse 17 through the end of the chapter. In the field of Ephron, which was in Machpelah, which is before Mamre, the field and the cave wherein was, uh, uh, which was therein, and all the trees that were in the field that were uh, in all the borders round about <clears throat> were made sure. And at Abraham, for a possession in the presence of the children of Heth, before all that went uh, in at the gate of his city. And after this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, which is in Hebron, which is Hebron in the land of Canaan. In the field and the cave that was therein were made sure unto Abraham for possession of a burying place and for the sons, by the sons of Heth. A time of faith. This was not just a burying place for his wife. It was a family tomb. He bought the whole cemetery, a place to bury the dead out of, the, out of his sight, those who are the sons and daughters and relatives of Abraham. Later, Abraham was buried there. Isaac was buried there. Rebecca, Isaac's wife, was buried there. Leah the wife of Jacob was buried there. Jacob himself was buried. The bones were taken up from Egypt. He was buried there. They surveyed this place, made it sure, made it legal. It was all done on the up and up. And this was a testimony of Abraham's respect for the dead. A testimony. The Old Testament Jews, New Testament Christians, we handle the death of loved ones in a Similar manner. We show respect to the body. We, we, we wash the body. We prepare the body. We show the body respect. Not because the body is anything special. It's just the body. But we do that to show the respect of that loved one who's going on. Not all peoples do these types of things. I was talking to a friend of mine here in Zambia, an Indian friend of mine. We were talking one day. I don't know what they brought the subject. We were talking about death. And he said, well, you know, uh, you Christians, you bury uh, your dead. Uh, we Hindus, we uh, cremate them, we burn the bodies. And uh, you see, he was telling me, he said, yeah, there's even a tribe in India uh, when one of the person of that tribe dies, they take them to a particular place and they hang the body in a tree. And the birds come along and just pick the body until there's nothing left. You know, that to me, doing something that way He's not showing any respect to that body. So he showed respect to the body. Uh, and we, we tend to do that as believers. 
it's a, it's different maybe than unbelievers. The way we show respect, whether it's how we handle a body or just the funeral situation in and of itself. When someone who's a believer has died and they die in faith, they have a testimony that they've trusted Christ their Savior. They live their life as a good testimony, the way Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 1, chapter 7, verse 1. When a person has that testimony of faith in God, faith in Christ, they've lived their life a good testimony. We can celebrate the fact that even though their body is there, their soul and spirit's not there. It's with the Lord. Paul said, action from the body is present with the Lord. We can still show respect to that funeral and give people some hope. This is not the end. And I mentioned that at Chalufia's funeral and other people's funeral I preached. This was not the end of Chalufia. If you're a believer, you'll one day be with him in heaven. You'll be, we'll see our loved ones again. It's not the end. It's a time of showing respect, a time of showing faith that person had in the Lord. Abraham was making a statement of faith when he purchased that place to bury away the wife, his wife. He did not take her back to Ur of the Chaldees, where they were from, their birthplace, their childhood place. God told him to leave that place. Go to a place I will show you. And he got there. God said, this is the place. I'm going to give you this land. So he was showing his faith in what God had said. This is the place God has given us. This is the place when, when my dad's going to die. We're going to bury them in this place. He did not take her back to Ur of the Chaldees. He buried her body in a place God had given him and his descendants after him. Like I mentioned, Abraham did not own any land except the place he bought here to put away his dead people. It wasn't until years later that his descendants even inherited that land. But God had promised Abraham, this land I'll give to you and your descendants forever. And by doing this, he was showing his faith in what God had said. So faith in the midst of death. Faith in the midst of a dark place. We've all been there. We don't like it. We're going to be there again one day, no doubt about it. But even when these hard times come, dark places come, there's a time of tears. We need to weep. There's a time of a testimony, remembering that person's life they've given to Christ, remembering the way that person served the Lord, they put God number one. It's a time of testimony. It's a time of strength. God can give us strength to get through these things in our lives. But also it's a time of faith. We should not lose our faith when things happen that we don't like. God is faithful. He will never leave us. There are times when we all look at an impossible situation and wonder how much more we can take. When the breadwinner is gone, the family says, how are we going to eat? Who's going to take care of us now? What's going to happen now? I've heard it over and over again. And that's, you know, I understand those things. What's going to happen to us? It's an impossible situation. 
But God will not let us down. Let me assure you, God's grace is sufficient in everything we will face in life as a believer. He will give us grace to deal with it. He will give us grace in the midst of our loss. Uh, and those who have gone on to be in glory with Him. He will give us grace until this battle we fight, we fight every day is over. I don't know what you might be facing today, what you're battling today. I don't know, but God does. God will never let us down. God is always going to be there. So I know we can look through faith because through faith, we had the victory in Christ. 1 John 5, 4 says this, and I will close. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Never give up on God. The faith of Abraham. I have one more message of in this series next week, our 10th message on this subject of the faith of Abraham. And we can look back at Abraham's life. And Abraham, in all the troubles and trials of life and sometimes the failures he had in life, we can always look at one thing, Abraham's faith. He's known as the father of faith. And Abraham never gave up on God. His faith always stood firm. So this morning, my challenge is faith. Keep the faith, as Jude says. Live in faith no matter what. Bad things happen. Now, just this week, uh, Booyu, uh, someone broke into her house and stole some of the things when she was asleep. I know she's probably suffering uh, over some losses there, but thank God she wasn't harmed. But those types of things that happen from time to time. That doesn't mean we're going to give up on God. Now, I've seen some posts she's had on Facebook and she's not giving up. Keep the faith no matter what. God is in control. God knows everything we're going through. God will give us strength to get through those things in times of even bad situations in our lives. So let's end the word of prayer today. Father, we do, Lord, thank you again for the testimony of Abraham and the testimony of Sarah. We pray that we can look back at these men and women of God in the Old Testament and learn from them, learn from their faith, learn from their victories, learn from their mistakes. Help us, Father, as believers today to always keep the faith. Not only we're saved by faith, we'll live by faith. Help us, Father, even in times of crisis even in times of difficulties and dark places and in death and all the things that come our way, that Lord, the one constant in our lives is you. So Father, help us to rely on you, keep our eyes on you because we know you are always there. Grace you bless, Father, the rest of the week. Help us, Father, to give honor and glory to Christ and all that we do, all we say. For we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're, uh, again, praying that you have a good week. Remember, uh, you can still give your offering or tithe uh, through my uh, mobile money number. I think most of you have that, 96 
Uh, we've uh, gotten, uh, we've uh, received some money for uh, Chalufia this week. If you want to uh, give a special offering uh, for his uh, wife and family left behind, you can still do that. I'm going to give it to him either tomorrow or Tuesday. So just again, put some money in my mobile money account. Give me a text. This is for Chalufia's uh, uh, family. And I'll give that to her this coming week. And our church is going to give some money uh, toward that as well. So if you want to do that, you can still have time to do those uh, things. And we can exercise our faith even uh, helping out those who are less fortunate than us. And those who are in uh, difficulties today, help us, Father, help us to be a blessing to his wife and uh, those left behind. We can help them out uh, in this way. So be able to... uh, if you want to do that, you can still have time to do that as well. So again, uh, we'll, uh, I'm praying that we can meet hopefully next Sunday. I'm not sure of that. We're going to just kind of play it day by day. There's there no new cases yesterday, and hopefully there's no new cases today. So we're just going to go week by week, but I want to start meeting as soon as we can. So keep those things in prayer as well. Again, pray for... Uh, those who are in harm's way, doctors, nurses, and all those kind of people, and uh, those at the border posts who are trying to deal with the people coming in the country, they'll um, have the things they need to keep themselves uh, safe as well. So again, uh, we'll see you uh, uh, Wednesday for our Bible study and next Sunday. Uh, so uh, we're going to sign off now and uh, talk to you later.